What is happening, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Backmarker Podcast, episode 24. Where is it, 25? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is a day late. I had some fun things to do yesterday along with watching um, the races but in between in between that. But um, yeah, res- nothing bad happened. It was all good, all fun times. Probably one of the best days that I've had in a very, 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 very long time. Um, but anyway, enough about me. You didn't tune into this podcast to hear me talk about my day. Let's talk about MotoGP and F1. So we'll start off with MotoGP since that's what most of you guys come here for. And this race was pretty fucking scary. Um, one thing I do since I'm in America and I'm and I'm in California is I go social media silent. Um, so I, I don't get any spoilers. <laughs> the fact that I had my Instagram lit up with messages, I knew something either, I knew something crazy happened and or bad. Um, and it was both. And I just want to say I'm I'm really happy I'm I'm really happy that Pecco escaped with just bruises. Because um, I will be honest, I said this on Instagram when I saw that leg get hit by Bender's front tire, I thought that that leg was going to be in multiple pieces. Um, I didn't think there was any way that he was going to get out of that without a fracture. I thought his season was done. I'll just yeah. I thought the season was done. His his chances of defending his title was over. Um, the fact that he walked away with those, if you want to call it minor injuries, is amazing. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it, this the gear that he had on did their job. Um, because I, I mean, you can say that it was it, it was a miracle, it was luck. You can say that, and maybe you you might be right. But at the end of the day, the gear did its job. It protected the rider. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that had to go right for him to come out of that unscathed, and it was all aces. Um, so yeah, that was. That was a very scary start to the race, but I'm glad that Pecco got out of it. I mean, basically, the, the, the rider who had who came off the worst of that whole first lap got out of it the luckiest. Um, unfortunately for Enea Bastianini, not so much. I mean, his, but that's kind of been his season is, you know, injury after injury. He just, he's still trying to recover and, you know, learn, learn the bike. And he suffers this injury, so um, yeah, it, it just it, this this race just sucked because all the Ducati it it sucked and it was good. Um, it sucked because you had Anea, uh, Anea Pizeki, Pecco, Alex, um, and who else? I know I'm forgetting a couple more Ducati riders. Um, <clears throat> 
Oh, no, no, Raul, Raul didn't retire. Um, but yeah, you, you had a, basically you had all the front writers. Or wait, why the fuck? Oh, he, Alex Marquez is classified. But anyway, so, you, you know, you had this big crash and it, and it jumbled up the whole order. You know, and just going, just going down the list. Obviously, I'll, we'll, and we'll talk about Leish and Maverick um, finishing one two, giving Aprilia's first one two in MotoGP history. But you also had Miguel Oliveira finish fifth with with that strong qualifying. But here's a big kicker for me: is Fabio finished seventh on on that Yamaha um, Miller? Not surprising. He finished eighth. Probably could have been. Probably would have been worse had the Ducati's not crashed out. Um, but also, Augusto Fernandez finished ninth. FDG tenth. Um, you know, you got some names that aren't supposed to be up in the top ten that were finishing in the top ten, and that's because of that crash. So it, it you know, it gave it gave these riders some notoriety and some recognition that where they finished. But obviously, um, a lot of people. Myself included, be like, well, that's because all these other writers like Bezeki, um, and Enea and Pecco and Brad were were not either did not finish or were didn't finish where they were supposed to be. Bezeki, um, obviously, because he was forced into a tire that was not going to last the whole race, and same thing with I think with. Raul or no Raul his right height device went up I'm sorry um but Brad yeah as it, it was just a really crazy race um but you know to end this on a pause to end th- this subject on a pause note if I don't go off on a tangent you know you had Alicia Spargo win for Aprilia a year after a year after he forgot to count the the number of laps um and i just love i love it when people when high profile celebrities and athletes make the biggest most retarded mistakes you can make and then you know turn it on you know turn turn it into a joke turn make fun of it and kudos to Alesh for making fun of it with his helmet um but his battle with his battle with his teammate was the racing that we all want to see. Um, I had some people tell me that they saw comments that people were complaining about the racing. Those people need to shut the fuck up um, because this this is what this is what a majority of the fan of us fans want. We want this racing. We want we want riders competing, and the fact that their teammates is even better. Um, and you know the pass that Alesh made on Maverick wasn't very clean. It was it was like as if Maverick was Maverick wasn't even his teammate, and that's what we want. We don't want what we see too much in Formula One, which is station keeping. You have team orders. This this is one of the many things I love about MotoGP is that they don't have team orders. Even last year when you had Pecco, um, when you had Pecco. Going for the title, you know David Tardazzi. I think David Tardazzi kind of hinted that that he was he should be um, the lead Ducati, but he didn't really issue team orders. I don't recall. 
Um, I'm, I may be wrong, but I don't recall him issuing team orders. He just kind of suggested it. Now, obviously, since he's Italian, it was more like a, it, it was probably it would be it would be in your best interest if you know you kind of did what I ask, or you know you might have some concrete shoes and stab yourself in the back twenty times and jump off a bridge. Um, that sort of that sort of suggestion. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, the racing was, the racing was good as, up at the front and I touched on him a little bit earlier and again, he deserves some flowers because this, you know, after all the shit that he's been through, Miguel Oliveira deserved that top five finish. Absolutely deserved it. You know, he's worked his ass off. He's gotten DNF. All of his DNFs haven't been no fault of his own. Um, and to see him finish top five and for a while there, had a one, two, three, four Aprilia, and then you know the tires just gave out from underneath him. It sucked, but top you have Aprilia one, two, and five with Ducati three and Ducati three and four. Not a bad finish for Aprilia. Not bad at all. Um, and then just, yeah, let's go down the list. You had Mar- Alex Marquez finished sixth. Uh, Fabio, like I said, finished seventh. Miller, eighth. Augusto, ninth. FTG, tenth. Luca, eleventh. Bezeki, twelfth. Mark, thirteenth, which isn't too bad considering he's on the Honda. But again, keep in mind that's probably three places higher than he would have finished. Um, and it's also pretty odd that Franco Morbidelli didn't finish so close to Fabio. Uh, him finishing down in in fourteenth. Then you had Takak. Then you had the the Hondas rounding out the bottom three: uh, Takaki, Iker, and jo- Joan. How the f- why the fuck did I have a brain fart on his name? Jesus Christ! Um, but yeah, all in all. All in all, this race, it, it was it was ugly. It, it it was an ugly kind of beautiful, I guess is the best way to to, to say it. You know, successful failure, however you want to fucking, however you want to phrase it. It it had its is def it definitely had its one of the lowest points you can have, but it also had one of the highest because you had Aprilia who is. Now, basically, you know, we have arrived is basically what this this is telling everyone. They've arrived. They're, if you weren't considering them a strong contender, you better start doing that right now. Um, because, yeah, it, it, hopefully this, and hopefully they figured out the electronics package because, again, it, the fact that the fact that Elish and Maverick were able to to finish first and second despite having probably one of the worst well I wouldn't say one of the worst but the bottom half of electronics package um, speaks volumes now obviously people talk about home home crowd advantage and how that can excuse me how that can motivate a rider or driver, and make him faster. I do believe that, but I also believe that 
you know, that motivation can, as, as Aleish kind of showed us last year, it, it can be a positive and it can also be a negative. You can push too hard and crash out of the race. So, you know, I'm hyping up a play, but I'm also reminding myself of what they've done or haven't done this season. So it's, you know, it's right now it's kind of like a catch 22 for me. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I hope that I hope Paco comes back sooner rather than later. Um, and this will be a legitimate title fight because let's just take a look at if I can, if I can, maybe Bueller, Bueller. Oh, crap on a cracker. All right. So, hmm, that's interesting. This new website that MotoGP has is just awesome. Because I, oh, there we go. What, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Um, Fuck. That's one more sprint. Oh, I know what I did wrong. Oh, wait. Let's let's go. Let's go to standings. Why don't we? Oh, wow. See what happens when you actually hit the standings tab. That's right next to the results. Holy shit. All right. So, yeah. So, in terms of the standings, Jorge Martin, I think he had a 66-point uh, gap deficit coming into the race. And now it's down to 50 points even. Um, then you have Bezeki who's at 189 to Pecco's 260. So, and uh, let's see here. And I think you got, what, 25 points maximum for a race? Yeah, so 25 points for, for a race. And for the sprint, you have 12 points. So you can have a maximum of 37 points. So Jorge Martin, it'll still take it'll still take him at least one race, at, at, well, at least two races to catch up and pass uh, Pecco. So, and even then, you know, we've seen Pecco. He's he he's the pole. He's a pole machine. He's a pole man this season. So if he can come back. Close enough to 100% health to where he can ride. This will be a legitimate title fight. Because um, I honestly, the only person I, the only person I can see catching up to Pecco is Bezeki. Um, Bender is 166 point. He's almost 100 points behind. And then obviously after him, uh, Alicia Spargo is 154. So he's he's 106 points behind. So. So I think with Brad, that makes him 94 points. I was doing my math right. So he's, to me, he's realistically eliminated. He's not mathematically eliminated, but basically everyone from fourth on down to me is pretty much out of the title chance. Um, unless Pecco stays out for, you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make it back before Milan, uh, Milano, I think that's where, I think that's what they were, they would say. I think that's what he was aiming for. Um, but yeah, so 
And the other thing too is, I'm just thinking about this right now, is since Bezeki and Pekka were such good friends, how would that... I wonder how that would affect the championship. So say say Jorge, Jorge can't steal a deal and doesn't capitalize. Say that Bezeki capitalizes on on Peko being out more than Jorge has. And let's just say that he that they are tied or basically within within five points, plus or minus five points. I wonder if Marco will ride differently because of the fact that he is now closer or has overtaken Peko because of an injury. Um, and obviously last year, we all know his feelings on battling with, talking about Bez, Bez battling with Peko while he was trying to win a title. So I don't think that, I don't think anything would change um, is what I'm basically getting at. Um but it'll be interesting. Um, in terms of news, obviously everything is about Peko um, and Bagnaya, so we're just we're just not going to talk about that. So let's move on to Formula One. Um, Max Verstappen obviously has now become the first F one driver in history to win ten races in a row. Um, and I will be the first to say that I'm not a fan of Max. I'm not a fan of Red Bull. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that team in general. Um, I think they're, they're a very successful team, but their culture is toxic as fuck. Um, and I don't, I think that I strongly believe that they need to change their culture. Um, and they would have if they weren't winning so much. So basically, basically they would have changed their culture if it weren't for two drivers. Um, but having said that, I try to pride myself on praising as much as criticizing. So as much as I want to criticize, as much as I will criticize Red Bull and Christian and Helmet and Max for saying the most retarded shit they can say and doing the most and cheating and doing all this stuff. Let me let me back that up. The cost cap violation because they, you know, I know some people like will 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 assume that when I say cheating, I mean Abu Dhabi. I don't mean Abu Dhabi. Look at the fucking rules, and if you and if you still think that they cheated, then you're a part of the problem. But the cost cap was definitely rules violation. They got off extremely easy, um, in my opinion. But getting back on topic, the fact that Max has won ten races in a row needs to have it needs to be recognized for what it is, um, because again, you look at all the all all the all the F one drivers who have had. Success, Lewis, Schumacher, Clark, Fangio, Vettel. Um, I know I'm not going in order, but fucking deal with it. But, you know, people like even Fangio, who was way ahead of his time, um, he, he he couldn't even win 10 races in a row. You know, I think, uh, who was it? Um, Ascari, 
He won nine races in a row, but that was over multiple seasons. And then it also included the Indy 500. So, you know, you can put an asterisk on that if you want. But the fact that Formula One has been around for as long as it has and, and has been dominated by so many drivers, the fact that nobody's won 10 races in a row speaks to speaks to Formula One, not just his competitiveness, but also, you know, luck. Because let's face it, racing, whether it's two wheels or four wheels, you need a little bit of luck. Um, so yeah, Max definitely deserves, he deserves the praise. And more than, if he accomplishes nothing else, he will still be one of the most dominating drivers in Formula One history, in my opinion. Does the car help? Absolutely. But as we're seeing with Checo, you can you can give you can build the most the, the most unbeatable car in the world, but if you don't have the driver and the proper support for said driver, they're not going to finish where they should. Um, and I will get to that. I will get to that in a minute. But you know, I just want to congratulate. What I'm trying to say in a very long winded manner is congratulations to Max, congratulations to Red Bull for making the right kind of history this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and they, they deserve the recognition and the praises that they are going to get. They, what they don't deserve is the petty, the, the petty comments that other team bosses ha- have made, such as Total Wolf. Um, his comment about this that stats belong on Wikipedia. Dude, get over it, okay? Like this, and I, I've said this before, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go back into it, but just get over it, okay? Your team sucks, your car sucks, you went the wrong direction. And all these people that have left the team, your 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 team is suffering for it. Okay, don't 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 criticize or or minimize someone else's accomplishments just because of your ego. Um, and to be quite honest, this. It, it's it seems like Toto Toto's ego to, <laughs> Toto's ego has kind of morphed in it's basically become like a mini Christian Horner ego over the past couple of years. You know, because at first he was at first he didn't let what Horner said bother him, but that was also because they were winning. So Horner looked like he was being petty. Toto was just taking the high road. Now that the roles are reversed. Horner isn't taking the high road as much as Toto did, but Toto is definitely going, you know, taking the low road that Christian has taken and is slightly elevated, you know, further down that further down the that same low road, but slightly elevated. Um, but dude, come on, like seriously, that that's going to be that's going to be your your remark, your opinion on it, 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 it belongs in Wikipedia. Fuck off, dude. Like, seriously, just, all, all you, all you, all you had to do was just say something, oh, 
yes, Max Verstappen, he has done something that nobody else has done and he deserves, and he deserves the recognition for it. That, or something along those lines. But to be that kind of petty when you have all of those constructor titles and driver titles and trophies in your factory, that is going to be your response to a competitor making history? It's a little fucking petty. And, it's, you know, like I said, that's small dick energy. That is small dick energy. So, congrats, Toto. Really showing you true colors now. Um, so, speaking, and, and then going back to what I was talking about with Checo, um, I, I don't know what's going on with him, guys. I really don't. And just watching the replay of that race, it, 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 and even David Coulthard was making the comment, it was, you know, kind of criticizing and critiquing the way Checo was driving. Because you know, every time he he went into turn one, side by side with, with another driver, he was always the first one to break. Like, dude, what do you, you have the best, you have the car to outbreak someone and you're, and you're getting gun shy? Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know why he's, he's being so conservative with that car. And you know, I've, I've defended him time and time again because, and I still, and I still believe this, that they're, the team is not supporting him like they should. Um, but when you make, when you, when you hold, when you pull punches like he does, and then you make radio communications like he did, where he complained that, I think it was George ran him, ran him off the track when he fucking missed, missed his breaking point and it was, it was self-inflicted. Like that, that doesn't do you any, that doesn't do you any favors, dude. It really doesn't. If anything, it kind of starts pointing the finger from the team and it moves it slightly towards you. Um, cause honestly that his, his struggles were to me were self, were more self-inflicted than they were, you know, support. It, it was more self-inflicted than it wasn't. Is what I'm trying to say, um, but yeah, it's you know, like I said. Congratulations to to Max for for his ten wins in a row. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm just pulling up the. Uh, well, those are the points. Shit, uh, I should have had this ready, and I didn't. My apologies. There we go. Okay, so. Excuse me. So yeah, you had Red Bull one two, um, and that was a pretty boss move, by the way, for them driving around in formation around <laughs> around Monza. Um, that was that was that was a pretty boss move. Um, oh, and speaking of which, you know, again and again, going back to um, teammates battling for position. That was pretty awesome seeing Carlos and and Charles. Battle for the final podium spot. Um, and it was kind of funny that Carlos was kind of tongue-in-cheek pleading to, <laughs> to, for them to issue team orders. 
Um, but kudos to Ferrari for basically not listening to Carlos and letting letting them letting them fight it out. Um, and also kudos for for Charles for Charles for um, not crashing into the back of his teammate when he locked up his front tires. Um, but that was you know again this this race was this race was pretty pretty entertaining. Um, even though the result was pretty much what we all expected. It just didn't start off like it. Uh, but let's follow, let's go down the order. So we had Red Bull 1-2, Ferrari 3-4, Mercedes 5-6, and Mr. Alexander Albon in 7th place. Um, whoever doesn't think this, guy, this kid can race is a fool. Um, and the fact that he's doing he's he's finishing he's finishing races way above where where Aston or I'm sorry Aston Williams should be placing speaks of volumes, and I, and it also and it, that should also tell you again the culture and the support that Red Bull has for their number two drivers. Because when he was when he went to Red Bull, he struggled. He was he performed ext- his performance was dog shit. And here he is in Williams absolutely flourishing, making making moves that sh- that that should tell teams like Ferrari and like Mercedes and like Aston Martin Hey, you might want to pick this kid up. Um, because in all honesty, if I had a choice between Charles or Alexander Albon, I would pick Albon. I'll be honest. I think if you put him in that Ferrari, he'll perform better than than Charles will. That that's just my that's my hot take. Is Albon is a better driver than Charles Leclerc. There you go. And I will stand behind that fucking comment. But I also think that he could replace either or, either Carlos or Charles. And I think he should. I think he's I think he's proved to everyone that he deserves a second shot at a factory seat. Anyways, going down the order. Uh, Lando finished eighth, Fernando ninth, Valtteri finished in the top ten. Good on him. Him and Alfa Romeo deserved uh, deserved that result. And then again, you have Liam Lawson finishing eleventh. Um, and then Oscar Piastri twelfth, Logan Sargent another solid result from a rookie driver in thirteenth. Uh, Juan Yujo in 14th, Pierre, God, ah, man, Alpine was just horrible this weekend. Um, and I remember they said on the broadcast that, they, that Alpine was admittedly struggling with um, basically putting the, the, ele- the electric power to the ground, um, which, you know, especially on, on high-speed tracks like this, is really going to suffer. But it's just like it's man. I I hate it. I hate it for the drivers and the team and the team members, the crew members, to see this. But 
at the same time, I hope that the upper management in Alpine is eating crow. Because that they the upper the upper management deserves the deserves these results. They absolutely do. The drivers, Gasly and Ocon and the crew members, all the people that bust their ass do not deserve this. But the upper management and how they have handled this race team absolutely deserves this result. Anyways, um, Lance Stroll, 16th, Nico Hulkenberg, and K-Mags, 17th and 18th, respectively. And obviously, Yuki didn't even get to start the fucking race. <laughs> Um, that was a pretty weird one too, but that was a pretty weird one too. That, that, yeah, I don't quite get that. Um, anyways, moving on, we're going to end this podcast pretty quick here. Um, unless I remember something I was going to talk about that, uh, that I can't remember. Um, so the next race for Formula One is next Sunday, the 17th, and we'll be in Singapore. And I'm just looking ahead. Then after that, we have Japan. Um, And then for MotoGP. MotoGP. Schedule. Fuck. Okay, that didn't really work out how it Come the fuck on. All right, there we go. All right, so. MotoGP next weekend. Next Sunday, we will be in San, We will be in Mizano. So that will be interesting to see if Pecco will be fit. Will be deemed fit to race for next weekend. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I I don't want him to rush back because if he does, if he does rush back. And he's not 100% healthy. That could hurt him. That could hurt him more than help him. Um, but we'll see. We have, a, we have what, four, actually less than four days because it's already fucking Tuesday. Uh, we have only a couple days before we figure out if he can race or not. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have San Marino and then a couple weeks off, we will ha- we'll be in India for the first time ever. Well, all right, folks. Again, this was an, this was wasn't as short as last last week's, but it's below average. <laughs> all right, everyone. So thank you for thank you for listening to me rabble on and talk nonsense in between talking intelligently. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>